Welcome to At Home with Kelly and Tiffany, where naturally-minded women gather together as we pursue simplicity and confidence in health alternatives so we can show up better in our busy lives and feel more at home in our bodies. Join your favorite home birth midwife duo for conversation, candor, and community. You're at home with Kelly and Tiffany. I'm Kelly. I'm Tiffany. Here we are. Today we get to talk about why you need more magnesium. Probably one of our favorite supplements. Like, oh, something is wrong. Try some magnesium. And this will not be a surprise or new material for our faithful listener, but we just want to dedicate one episode for this good stuff. Yeah, I mean, we just had a conversation with somebody at the beach who was having a headache or something, and you were like, are you taking magnesium? (laughs) Or like before bed last night, I was like, oh, I didn't spray my magnesium on my feet. Like there's just so many different pieces that magnesium can support. I'm ready to jump in. Me too. Before we jump in. Mm. There's a raccoon update. Ooh. Not from my house. There has been no more raccoons. That raccoon is never coming back. But you had a raccoon visitor. I did have a raccoon visitor for our ducks in the coop that took me many weeks to put together. But it couldn't get in. And the ducks quacked their little quacky quacks in the middle of the night. It woke my husband up because I was sleeping with earplugs because I'm married to my husband, need to do that. And then he opened up the door, the little sliding door to the backyard, and he said they had a little stare down. And then he turned his light on from his phone to like face it at the raccoon. The raccoon ran away. And this was like, I don't know, a week ago. And no raccoon since, which I don't fully understand because it knows that there's something there that it can eat or that it would want to at least kill. Come back and try harder. Right. Yeah, I know. Well, the real question is, are you back in the market for coyote urine? That is a question. My husband asked me or said, basically, there's got to be something else that we can do. And I was like, well, I'm pretty sure you can probably pee around it. That's got to have something that a raccoon wouldn't like. So he's out there peeing on the duck coop? Not yet. Oh, okay. So... You can still go out there and enjoy your time out there. Wonderful. Good to know. Have you purchased any animal urine lately? No. I mean, we never had a, we never had any signs of raccoon coming back. So I did not take the step into handling manufactured wild animal urine. I didn't take that step. I'm mostly interested in the listener who has no context for our urine purchasing discussion. All they wanted was some magnesium. They've never listened to this podcast before. It just came up in a search for magnesium use, and they are done listening. And But now they know there is a P-mart for them to go check out. I did search through. Fascinating. I, don't, I forget if it was called P-mart. Something Mart. It is. It's called pmart.com. Pmart. Oh, what a what a world some other people live in. You think we've got a weird profession. Can you imagine? No. Sounds terrible. I bet some people think that about our job. I'm fine with that. Yep. I'm very comfortable with that. Gross. Alright, we have a listener question that I want 
to answer and share today. This is what listener someone says. Mm. I I make it anonymous so that they feel really comfortable asking their question. But every once in a while, I feel like I wish I knew who it was so I could be like, oh, hey, Becky, we're answering your question today. Or like, hey, Becky, how was that answer for you? Or give some context in your answer because you know a little bit more or something Yeah, it just feels more personal. Mm -hmm. I might make an optional first name in the questionnaire. Do it. Optional. Tell us your first name. We'll use it on the show. That might feel kind of special. Yeah. Okay. This is what anonymous listener number 47 says. Do you have any advice for someone who really wants a natural birth with a midwife but can't because they're high risk? That's such a, it is such a bummer for people to desire something, but there's something, whatever it is, that's sort of like standing in the way. But I will say, we have taken care of high-risk people, not attending them at their births, but supporting them in their pregnancy or in their postpartum time. And even that, I feel like, changes the game for them. Yeah, you can have what's called co-care or co-care. What does the co stand for? Co-current. Yeah, concurrent. Co-current. We know all of the medical terms that we use, you guys. And so you can see your doctor who's managing your high-risk situation get lots of support from a midwife, still plan to have your baby in the most appropriate setting for your risk status, and but, but have somebody there to help you navigate your pregnancy in the most natural way possible. And I'll even say, depending on the high-risk situation, There are midwives who work in hospitals. Usually they do need to refer to OB care when things become high risk, but it depends what the high risk thing is, right? So it is possible to have a midwifery-led birth event itself. And it's also possible to bring an experienced doula into any type of high risk setting. And many midwives offer what's called a monetary service, which is using their medical license and expertise in birth to come into the hospital with you and be your labor support person. Yeah, there are a lot, there are a lot of options there. And even if you're somebody who's like, well, my high risk status has me planning a cesarean on a certain date or whatever, even utilizing a doula for that can be incredibly supportive as well. Highly recommend taking some kind of childbirth education class even if your plan is, well, I'm going to be here, the, the route is, I know I want an epidural or whatever, that they will give you tools that you need in order to navigate some of the different stages of labor and kind of what to expect and what your body is normally naturally doing and understanding a lot of what the interventions that may be offered you will be. And to ex- sort of accept the fact that, yes, this is your status, this is where you're at, but at the same time, that doesn't actually define you. That doesn't actually define the experience that you will have. So just because you're in a location that you may not have necessarily wanted or dreamed of, that you still have the power to sort of create as much as you can control that vibe of what you want. Keeping the lights low, putting the music on that you want. I mean, when I was a doula, like a lot of moms would put the 
uh, eye mask on, put earbuds in, listen to whatever it is they wanted to. And they were there in their own little world, still being monitored and all of that. There's so many tools and you can just, you can learn. I mean, if you, what she says is she wants a natural birth. Mm -hmm. So you can still learn about natural birth as if that is what is going to happen to you because any place that you have the opportunity to restore physiology along that journey, there's so many opportunities and a doula or a monotrice or consultation with a midwife can help you look for the places where you can kind of restore normal, restore the natural place. Even if that means it's all going to happen postpartum after the birth, how can you get back to being grounded in what your body is meant and designed to do and be able to celebrate that? We have a guide uh, that's been out for a while, but it's available on our website all the time. I'll link it in the show notes. It's called the Resilient Birthing Guide, and it's essentially a lot of questions and prompts for how will you handle things in your birth that go outside of your plan, and that applies to everybody. <laughs> no matter what birth you're planning, how you're doing it, what kind of support you have, what the setting is, what your risk status is, something is going to happen. We don't have control over every single piece. So how do you handle that? How do you plan ahead to be resilient in your birth experience? We've put that all together in a guide for you guys. So I'll link that in the show notes. It can be available to you. Uh, Listeners can also know that we do virtual consultations for things just like this. So if you wanted to come to us and say, here's my specific situation. How do I restore physiology? How do I have the most natural experience possible? How do I enjoy or embrace this high-risk situation? We'd be happy to help fold in some of those pieces for you. Yeah, it's actually one of our favorite things to do is kind of process some previous experiences. Uh, If you've had an experience that you were like, wow, that was kind of disappointing or different or whatever, or simply looking forward to either this is my first birth or this is my fifth birth. And I just have some questions, right? I just need some extra support. And so uh, it's a sweet, it's a sweet way to connect for us too. Agreed. Great question. I'm glad that was asked. Mm -hmm. Okay. Question for you, Kelly. Tell me your magnesium routine. Tell me all the ways that magnesium fits into your everyday life. Um, all of the ways that it fits into my life in particular. So I use it, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, I use a spray on the bottom of my feet every night. That's just that like comes with me. I'm going out of uh, like staying the night at a hotel tomorrow night. And I was like starting to throw some things in a bag and was like, for sure, that's going to end up in there. I also have powdered magnesium that not every single night, but a lot of evenings, um, I will make like some hot water and just pour that in there. It actually has been really nice at the big, the very beginning of the year. I was like, I don't, I was deciding that I wanted to not like have a glass of wine or whatever during the week was just like, I just don't really need that. Um, and that was the, one of like the first things that I mixed back in and I was like, oh, that's all I wanted was just something to, you know, enjoy in my hand and calm. And, um, and then my, my kids use it a ton as well. My kids are the older two, especially are in a season of their feet are hurting because they're growing, their legs are hurting, their, you know, forearms, whatever. And so they have their own spray that actually is like a more sensitive option because I'm just, I don't feel very sensitive to it. 
Um, and my husband uses it as well every day. Um, that's part of sort of his anti-anxiety um, method. And all of those, not all of them, but a handful of them are different types of magnesium too. So, so great. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to jump into so many of the aspects that you just shared and give people lots of details and just food for thought. But we'll start with seven ways magnesium is a home remedy and why it needs to be in everybody's natural medicine cabinets. Number one, it promotes healthy blood sugar regulation. Number two, reduces stress and blood pressure. Number three, improves symptoms of anxiety and depression. Number four, improves some headaches. Number five, improves sleep. Number six, aids in constipation. And number seven, helps to soothe muscle cramps. Heavy hitter for sure. If somebody was like, I don't really like taking supplements or I don't really do anything else, this would be one that I would be like, this is overall one of the easiest to implement if you don't like swallowing pills. There's powder, there's spray. If you're okay swallowing pills, right, it can just, it can cover so many different aspects of general health and is... Like, I think people usually see an almost immediate reaction, especially when it comes to, like, digestion or, um, like, calm and things like that, muscle cramps. Yes, and magnesium can take a while for the stores to come up naturally with supplementation, but most women are going to feel improvements within, like, a week of using magnesium. 61% of human adults are deficient in magnesium. I'm not surprised, especially with things that probably about 61% of human adults complain about. I'm like, oh, that's really interesting at all. You know, not that that's like the only um, reason, but that stat does not surprise me. And I always find it fascinating too, that uh, a lot of people, when they start utilizing magnesium, especially when they're using it topically, get kind of like a reaction to it, right? They're getting kind of itchy. They're getting kind of uncomfortable. And then they keep using it, right? They kind of push through that. And then all of a sudden that's not happening. And I'm like, look at that. Your body is now responding um, well to actually soaking up what it's trying to get. Yeah. The deficiency symptoms are fatigue, irritability, muscle tremors and cramps, brain fog, Apathy is an interesting symptom, and muscle twitching or like facial twitching, those are all signs of magnesium deficiency. It's this particular deficiency is also associated with blood sugar regulation issues, diabetes, hypertension, heart disease, which is the thing that is killing us faster than anything else, and osteoporosis, which is especially a sensitive topic for women as we age. Yeah, and even when you were talking about all the, you know, the seven ways that it's supporting our bodies, that all kind of adds adds up, right? It all makes sense. And so uh, it would be beneficial for anybody listening to be like, how can I start to, like, implement this? How does this and why does this actually work? How does it actually work? But then... How can I not only implement it, but like, how can I find other sources of it? A lot of people are like, I don't really want to supplement something. 
So there's obviously different types of sources, um, but it's pretty incredible that magnesium can impact so many pieces within our body, like energy production and like how our cardiovascular system is working and functioning. What's going on in our nervous system? There's so many pieces that talk about how it's calming, not only the mind, but the body as well. Um, and so pretty awesome. I'm going to harp a lot on oral supplementation because so many of us are deficient, because these symptoms are really common, because uh, there's so many pieces of it that are important to our health. I just think we should be supplementing, especially in times of stress, in times of illness, in times of you know, any time that your body is undergoing any kind of extra process, which in this day and age is every single day, your body burns through magnesium really quickly. So I think that most of us should be supplementing in some way, but I do want to touch on the nutrition aspect of getting enough magnesium in because 49% of us magnesium really quickly. So I think that most of us should be supplementing in some way, but I do want to touch on the nutrition aspect of getting enough magnesium in. And also our soil is so depleted too from so many minerals that I think it does make a lot of sense that we see a lot of deficiencies in not just vitamins in people, it seems to be way more mineral deficiencies. Maybe that's just in my brain, but... Absolutely. Interesting. So I was recently putting together this entire course on nutrition and nutrient density for the members inside of our community. And it ended up being this huge, robust undertaking because I really wanted to dive into minerals and mineral stores and how we can get that best from our food and what that looks like to have them all synergistically, you know, doing all the things inside of our body, which by the way, listeners, that um, that cart is opening for you to join and get into the membership. If you're interested in more material like this, I'll leave the link to the wait list in our show notes. It is right around the corner. We haven't announced the date yet, but you will want to be on the wait list so that you can hop into that. To be honest, that course that you put together on nutrition and women's health and like nutrient density, all these pieces, I was like, that is worth joining in and of itself. Oh yeah. Join for the, join for the month, take my nutrition course and then get out of there if you want to. Right. It is, it, it is, it turned into such a monster of a educational process because I think it's the absolute most important mm-hmm. thing to our health. And I just was not willing to cut any corners on it. I just wanted it to represent everything that we say and do and believe about using food as medicine. Mm-hmm. But anyway, while I was going through that, I was really careful to see how practical is it to get some of these foods mm. into your diet on a regular basis. So I will say them out loud to you. Dark green leafy vegetables, orange vegetables, bone broth, and sardines are probably the highest sources per unit of food that we can get that has a high amount of magnesium in it. I don't know what like sardines are doing out there, but why are they so good for you? 
They are so good. I just, I mean, they're like so, they're so packed full of so many nutrients. I'm like, how, how you do that, little sardine? Yeah, we were just presenting in our membership a few nights ago on some of the nutrient density material. And I shared that sardines are 10 times more nutrient dense in multiple factors of nutrition than a chicken breast is. And it makes me want to eat sardines, but I'm not a, I, that is not part of my rhythm. I've been getting into it, and you know how? I'll tell you. I'm glad you want to know. Um, <laughs> Trader Joe's makes the greatest little cans of all kinds of random seafood, and I'm not getting a ton of fresh seafood. I guess that would be preferred, but I'm... not going to go buy fresh sardines and prepare them. That's just not going to, that's not going to be it. Um, But they have some really great canned options and they're just so salty and in like olive oil and you can just eat them right out of the can. Yeah. My son like loves salty and loves, like loves seafood. I trust that he would get into it too. That's great. Okay. So you can assess, do you think that you're going to get a food like this in your body every single day? you're in good shape, but we're looking at 310 to 360 milligrams per day, depending on needs. Your needs go up if you're pregnant, your needs go up if you're breastfeeding. However, that's not the, that's not the amount of supplementation we need because a lot of things keep magnesium from being well absorbed, like high doses of vitamin D, Zinc, stress burns through magnesium, like we mentioned. Pregnancy and lactation also burn through magnesium. The use of chemicals in things like fluoride and chlorine, they actually bind to the magnesium and make it inaccessible in the things that you eat and drink. Sugar and caffeine deplete magnesium levels just in and of themselves. So if you're relying on uptake in your intestines and you're relying on the the oral magnesium that you take, it has to go through your entire system. Gut health is extremely important as you look at nutrient deficiencies. Yeah, it's kind of fighting a battle as it's trying to make its way into your system at that point. Um, that's an interesting fact about chlorine too. Just thinking about the amount of you know pool time and whatnot that we've already gotten this you know throughout this summer that. Uh, you know, putting some dots together. Yeah, and if you are someone who thinks that it's perfectly fine to drink tap water all day long. It's not. It might not be, right? There, That's one of the chemicals that ends up getting inside of our, our water in our home. So lots to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, one example of a way to get very high amounts of magnesium is a fourth cup of pumpkin seeds. Mm-hmm. has over 300 milligrams. Six ounces of salmon has almost 300 milligrams. And two cups of Swiss chard has about 300 milligrams. That's pretty awesome. These are foods that I would eat on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. Does it matter? And maybe you don't know the answer. But does it matter if it's like you take the chard and is it like sauteed? have it like does that change the mineral content it will to some degree that's why people say like do a quick saute do a quick steam um 
to try to preserve that, like boiling, I think ends up taking a lot of the nutrition out. Overcooking vegetables tends to do that too. Interesting. Yeah, unless you're cooking these things in the water that you're going to ingest, like in a soup or something like yes. that, then the broth would become pretty rich in whatever you were cooking it in. Mm. There's many, many types of magnesium. It can feel really confusing to sort through those options. I am going to chat about six of the most common types, what they are, what they do, how you use them, etc. And we're going to start out with magnesium citrate because it is the most common form of magnesium. Yeah, that's almost always if you're just like doing a quick search on Amazon, it's usually the top ones that come up or some of the top that like you go and you see at the health food store. That one is uh, it is easily absorbed into our systems and it's probably the best, like quickest heavy hitter for those of you who are struggling with constipation. It's a win. Yes, it is. That's not solving the reason why you are constant. I mean, during pregnancy, we can put together some pieces of why that might be, but um, it is a huge helper. Yeah, and we'll issue a little bit of caution later when we talk about dosing and such, because I have actually pooped my pants because I took too much magnesium. It's one of my favorite stories. It is a terrible thing to happen to a grown adult. But too much too much of that kind of magnesium will 100% do that to somebody. Next is magnesium oxide. This one is best for digestive symptoms, migraines. It's great to use acutely for these types of things. It's not best absorbed, so it's not great for keeping up your magnesium mineral stores on a day-to-day basis, but for upset stomach or for migraines or headaches, it would be great to superdose yourself in those instances. Mm-hmm. Magnesium L3-onate, this is one of my favorites because it crosses the blood-brain barrier. It's the only magnesium that does that. And so it's really great for brain fog, mood support, brain health, all of those things that kind of get associated with our brain health. Yeah, uh, my husband has gone through using both L3-onate and another one that we will discuss in a in a second, um, two different types. And this one in particular seems to actually, um, help the actual anxiety. And it's kind of cool to see like that actually work. And it, I can trace it back and be like, Oh, that makes sense. It's actually impacting what's going on in your brain. So cool. Mm -hmm. Then we have magnesium sulfate and this is basically the salt that is in Epsom salt. Yeah, that's like the, you're going to put it in the bath and kind of soak in it really good for stress. If you are, have been doing something that is going to make your muscles sore, this is like a great one to have. I would, when I had a more comfortable bath, our house does not currently have like a comfortable, at least for me, bath, um, would put that in after births too. Be like, maybe I won't be sore, but like this is a way for my body to be like, come down. It is a great way to care for yourself. Mm-hmm. Next, we have magnesium glycinate. This is probably our favorite form of magnesium because it's very active. It's the exact type that we find in those foods with high magnesium, like fish and dairy and legumes and such. And it's just broad spectrum great for anxiety, depression, stress, insomnia, blood sugar, mm-hmm. all of those things that really kind of covers all the bases. 
Yeah, I love this one for for sleep for sure. Um, but I was going to say, so my husband has noticed a decrease of anxiety with the L3 and 8. But for this one, when it's not anxiety, I just don't get stressed that often. But he's just more prone to feeling stressed about stuff. That one, when it's not anxiety, but it's stress. And just like feeling like the world is on your shoulders kind of feeling. That one is like the go-to. The winner. Yeah. That's cool. It's kind of fun to have pared things down enough to figure out what your body is saying and then provide it what it needs. Yeah, experiment on your husband. Yeah, it's gr- I love that. I like when they actually listen to us and then they do what we have suggested for uh, decades now. And then they're like, wow, this uh, this crazy stuff actually works. We were at the beach recently together and your husband was like, my back hurts. I'm going to go lay down on like the mat that we have at home. The same one that like three months earlier, he was like, you're buying what? For what? Like explain this to me. And I was like, look at you. You've really turned a corner. Yeah. He was like, man, I feel amazing. I'm like, see, some of this stuff works. So good. Some of it. Sometimes. Sometimes. Okay, and then lastly, we have magnesium chloride, and this is what's available inside of topical sprays and lotions, and not only is it more bioavailable because it absorbs so quickly through your skin, but it also bypasses gut absorption, so some people actually have trouble with oral magnesium and get nauseous or have upset stomach issues when they take it, Um, and Topical magnesium also has a five times faster uptake than oral magnesium. So that is why when Kelly explains the routine of magnesium that is happening inside her family, it mostly all centers around spraying it on all her people. I love, uh, it's not as common now because my two older can figure themselves out, but they used to stand like in a row and I would stand behind them and they just lift their little feet up and I would spray. And I was like, this is really ridiculously cute. Um, but it's pretty awesome to know that it's uptaking so quickly and it's just readily available in my body, in their body. I think I, I would, I think I notice a difference. Like when I spray on myself, I think I notice a difference of like how quickly I can fall asleep, how like the, the quick response to like just feeling more calm. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I notice it if I don't have it. Yes. Yeah, that's probably even more so. Yeah. And you mentioned this before, but it's really common when you're magnesium deficient to have some extra tingling on your skin when you first start to put it on. And it's it can be uncomfortable at first, but we always tell people push through because you do get to the other side where you don't have that discomfort and you're out of your deficiency zone. So that's another like kind of really exciting thing. So being able to utilize transdermal absorption means it's best on clean skin. You can really put it anywhere, but I always go for like the soft places inside the arms and legs just because your body's like ready to absorb it there. Soles of the feet are another quick absorber. You can do a little bit of short massage. There's so many products out there on the market, but in the show notes, I'll list the ones that have the most research behind them, the most education, the most information, uh, that publish, you know, how they do their testing and verify the actual dosing inside of 
those particular products. But something that I learned while I was putting some of this information together, and maybe I knew this at one point, but it just was not applicable to my life. But I know I shared before that we're working on some eczema symptoms with one of my kiddos and topical magnesium is actually shown to increase barrier strength of the skin. So the fibers that help to protect the skin and keep invaders and intruders from coming into it, magnesium strengthens that. And there's a lot of research that supports its use for psoriasis and eczema and a couple of other skin conditions. So spraying it on the, on, on the like problem areas and it's shown to help. Okay. Cause a lot of things that get put on those, I mean, especially if you're going like medicinally are breaking that the heck down. So. Oh yeah. I mean, the first thing that dermatologist is going to prescribe for you is steroids, which mm. completely demolishes the skin barrier. It takes care of your symptoms. Steroids are amazing, incredible things that really do a quick job. Um, but oftentimes the side effects are not worth it. And one of those, unfortunately for topical things becomes breaking down the skin's barrier so that you're more prone to that type of breakout in that same place. Again, not to mention all the things that can get into your skin. It's the largest organ in your body. It absorbs so much from its environment. Fascinating. Well, I'd learned that and I actually need to share that with a couple people because that is uh, fascinating. Okay, ladies. In true beautiful one fashion, we have included all of this information in a really concise, quick reference handout. You can see all the different types of magnesium, what they can be used for, and we also included dosing instructions. So what you need to take orally, how to go slowly at it so you don't poop your pants like a midwife Tiffany. Uh, how many pumps of the product that we like includes how much magnesium. So how much, how many sprays do you actually need to do in order to therapeutically dose yourself with magnesium if that's the route that you go. Um, and we included all of our favorite sources that you can click through onto Amazon and try out some of these products that are going to help increase your magnesium load for both oral and topical. Yeah, we were like, oh, you know, it'd be a good idea is to like share something that's like easily, uh, somebody can easily read about like the types of magnesium, then you do the types, but then you're like, but then it's also, here's what I want to share about like how to dose that. Here's what I want to share about this. And so it turned into a full on guide about magnesium. Yeah. And we know that you are going to love just having that for reference and just being reminded of what different types you can take for all the different things. You don't have to go back to this episode and listen and take notes, pull over on the side of the road to write that thing down. That's what you're doing. I know. Uh, So we have that for you in the show notes for you guys to download. And hopefully you feel encouraged by all the things that magnesium can do for you and that you want that in your life and that we have been potentially a thought vector for enriching your life with uh, more minerals. We're definitely thought vectors. Thought, hopefully we have been the thought vector of your day. That I'm putting that one in my back pocket as well. I don't know if you said this, but that guy is free. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's down in there. I don't know if we mentioned that, but free for you because we love you. Our gift, magnesium guide. What mm. did we call it? 
guide to magnesium. Great, great, great. Something like that. We have a really good time naming these stinking things. The guide handbook roadmap to magnesium usage. Freedom. (laughs) Magnesium freedom through guided journey. Freebies. (laughs) Freebies. (laughs) But truly, every everybody and every body needs magnesium, right? And so that's what we want to leave you with is utilize this information however you want, but know that uh, you are somebody who probably needs it. And we want that for you. Yeah, we do. All right, ladies, we will see you, hear you, speak to you next Monday. Bye.